cleaning out, dusting off my shelves in my office, and I noticed my Pioneer headphones here that I have from the probably early 70s. Mm. Nice minty pair of... Uh, oh, I think they stylish. have the original receipt. I think they were stored in an embalming fluid or something. Yeah, even the original seat. So you do know the exact date I forgot purchase. what the number was. I'll have to I look. think it was like 71 or something like that. Yeah, I'm thinking 40 or 50 bucks. But either way, they weren't cheap for the time. And then, you know, you, you think about it, it's like, well, you know, you compare that to like the speaker world and you think, well, how far everything audio has evolved, uh, shit, in the last 75 years or so. And, um, you know two different two different speeds on the train here you know you got speaker the speaker train going yep. rather slow and the headphone train was going rather slow till yeah last, the headphones the last half dozen years or so where it just kind of turned into a bullet train it seems like for the most part headphones were on a similar enough rate of evolution as speakers for a while they were very slow and gentle not much happened uh, and then it seems like speakers if anything kind of started to slow down and headphones really took off, especially in recent times. You look 10 years ago to now, the changes in the headphone space, they're profound. None of this really stuff that you see existed. It just didn't exist. The portable players and the portable DACs, and the, it was 10 years ago, didn't barely exist. Yeah, there's a huge market of boutique gear designed specifically around headphones. And wasn't that long ago when you either had very low-cost stuff that – Really, usually it wasn't designed that well. Or people were just retrofitting custom things or speaker headphone amps and stuff. Well, they were retrofitting speaker amps as headphone amps and things like that in the high end because it really wasn't ultra-high-end flagship gear like there there is now. Now you take it for granted. There's a huge number of things that are awesome Now really do a good job. Compare that to, like, the speaker world, right, where we've been – we were in well before the headphone world. Yes. I started my foray in the mid-'80s. And I've uh, been going ever since, and, uh, and you were with me not too long after when you got older and grew up and started doing trade wow. shows with me. <laughs> 20 years, years later. Okay. <laughs> Maybe around the early 2000s. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, bottom line is that uh, that's been a slow train. I mean, really, I mean, you know, I mean, we'll cite some examples on here. We got a pair of old studio monitors here that, well, it's not a studio monitor. It was designed for a home environment, but I believe it's based on the Altec Lansing designs from the 50s that they used to use those drivers in studios, and people would think those were the greatest things for home, and that was the reference back then. You know, paper cone and a rather cool-looking horn-loaded tweeter. In the they do concentric. look unique. Yeah, really They cool. still go for a lot of money, too. Yeah, they're expensive drivers, yeah. you know. But, I mean, that was it back, and that was the shit back in the day. And, you know, look at what we got today. We look at some of the modern speakers. I yeah, mean, well, sky's the limit on that one. Yeah. But, but the reality of it is, think when you think about it, a woofer's still a woofer and a tweeter's still a tweeter. And it's really been materials that have really evolved more yeah. than anything. Well, that's the thing. Material advancement is speeding up these days. Yeah, big I time. think a big portion of the reason why you've seen improvements in speakers in recent times is simply the accessibility of better manufacturing methods. Um, you have a lot more people doing more automated means of manufacturing and assembly. So you could get precision repeatability and you have computer-aided manufacturing as well. You could get designs that are closer to right rather than just testing a 1,000 samples and getting something that's not that well optimized. I think that's more accessible now, and so you're seeing a bit more of that kind of stuff. But in the two-channel type world, it's nothing like what you see in the consumer space I think this is definitely a case of necessity driving the innovation. And you look at 
what most people on the streets are using. It's low-cost headphones, mainly, earbuds, IEMs, things like that. A lot of times Bluetooth, because that's what people want. That's what's easy and convenient. Yeah, they'd have like simple Mylar drivers, which have been used a very long time. You know, they're yeah. easy to make by the millions. Right. Rather cheap to stamp out, you know, in China and so on. And so it's it makes sense that, that the driver, the speakers in these things aren't the, of any significant cost. It's just more or less shipping and marketing well, <laughs> and retailing and you, know. you could fix things in with dsp and stuff now too so yeah yeah a it's a different bit. design yeah totally they're made different to world. be manufacturable fairly reliable low cost wireless long battery life things like that they're trying to prioritize what the consumer is looking for and believe it or not most consumers don't prioritize sound quality um i mean maybe in the price range they're looking for the best they can get but the reality is making something for $40, you're going to be constrained. Yeah. You know, we're in, the, we're in the severe end of a boutique side of things. I mean, you know, as are a lot of speaker manufacturers in the upper end of things. I mean, There's a lot of players. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. A lot more a lot more speakers. There are, uh, a lot more speaker manufacturers than our headphone manufacturers, that's for sure, uh, in the upper end of things. Oh, for sure. You know, in fact, then all around. I mean, look at how many speakers there's got to be. Yeah, I know there's a lot now that I'm thinking about the brand. Hundreds of them. <laughs> there's so you many. Yeah. Yeah. It's comparatively easier to make a speaker i would say well it no. depends if you're making the drivers or you're not yourself right yeah well, most of them just stuff right. yeah exists someone else's drivers in a box yeah, and that's pretty easy yeah. you're making yeah. a box you're making it look a certain way you're making it sound to your preferences the drivers aren't the aren't necessarily the focus right it's they can just be having them produce sound well yeah. in the lower end of things today, <laughs> yeah. right right they're like okay give us a cheap driver we'll put it in a box and call it a day mm. but in the upper end and then that's all it like is. Like we do, it's a whole different ballgame. Now, yeah, yeah. now you get into the exotic materials, you know. But you look at how many headphone companies there are out there now compared to when we started. Yeah. And there's a lot of people making their own drivers now. And again, when we started, it was mostly people modifying existing mass production headphones. There weren't really a lot of people doing it themselves. Yeah. It's a different game. And there's way more Stacks was now. probably the only one that made drivers because they had to. Well, that, that's a whole no one else was thing, using yeah. electrostatic drivers and headphones, you know, so they were probably the only ones doing it. That is true. Electrostatics are actually getting competition now. That, yeah. that, there's, there's a long 50 period, years yeah. of yeah, yeah. stacks. Having it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. One of, I remember when we first came out with the 1266, one of the, it, it, it made its way to France, and one of the French reviewers said, uh, Stacks no longer has a monopoly on the high end. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> with the 1266 you know that was the beginning of that though. yeah now there's a lot of yeah different but, models. but then but but it was because because of those people that had 009s and 007s and you know they they didn't have anywhere else to go right. that was it that was it that was the end of the road it's interesting because they were i guess you would say ahead of their time they were developing high end before there was huge demand before there was the peripheral they were developing high-end headphones before it was commonplace for people to be spending high dollar amounts on these things. And now I think time and external factors have caused more demand. Um, and a lot of people are interested in personal audio now. So there's so many more boutique companies trying their hand at really high-end designs. And a lot of them are working on their own driver designs. So that's it's encouraging. That's interesting. Yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, Stacks in particular, I'd say they've been around for a long time, but they've always been like relatively boutique, you know, compared right. to like mass market and everything. So yeah, and they've I, maintained that level for seventy years or something. Yeah, and I think I think most of their business was done in the lower their lower end models. You know, they had they had models in the 
in the sub thousand dollar range, hundreds of dollars a piece. And yeah, from what do. I understand, that yeah, and that was their. I think that was their primary shtick. You know, I think what really limited them was the fact that you had to have an amp, an amp that what that, that, that dealt with one. high voltage, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Which I guess they they only they produced, so they kind of had a box setup, so to speak, a box kit where you had to get the amp and the headphones, which. You know, I mean, otherwise, you what choices did you have? Well, some people then. built their own, you know. Yeah, but but that's yeah, that's onesie twosies. Yeah, that's not the market, you know. But yeah, so I think that that was their limiting factor, probably. And you know, it's the same thing now. I mean, really, but now you've got all kinds of players in the amp market uh, to match up with the headphones that exist, the planers that exist. So I think the planer technology is really taken all taken off. Oh, for sure. You know, we talked about this a bit before, but the first trade shows we went to was it like 2013 or something can jam rmaf yeah probably something like that yeah and there was a handful of amps in the high end there really wasn't much yeah, two yeah, yeah powerful there was a, a couple amps, things yeah. yeah especially if you wanted something that was trying to drive high-end flagship demanding headphones which at the time weren't so common uh HG6. you really couldn't get <laughs> A high-end, powerful amp that was. No, we were working with the Cavalli at the time. He was just finishing up the liquid uh, gold, right? Liquid gold. Yeah. yeah, at the time he was yeah. working on that. Yeah. yeah, and that was the only solid-state amp that it had, wasn't out yet. That'll but, do yeah. like yeah. six or eight watts or whatever. It was a crazy power, and uh, he had the liquid uh, fire, liquid at, the fire at the time. Oh uh, yeah, which actually sounded pretty good. We have one here. Yep, it actually sounded really good, but it wasn't quite. Didn't have the absolute well, crazy yeah. speed of the, of the of a big solid-state. Yeah, of the power not what you've seen today in refinement. It was good. Yeah. For the time, but things have improved. Well, I guess bottom line is it could have show off the speed of what we could do with a planer. Because mm. yeah, once you combine the yeah, group of that solid state amp with our original uh, 1266 driver, it, people were like, never heard bass like this before. But, you know, again, speaker side is kind of similar, too, when you think about it. You know, they were paper cones back in the day. It was all very similar make. You know, it was easy to poke your fingers through the cone if you hit it hard enough. Yeah. You know, it's just, well. it was relatively just like a grayish black paper. And everyone yeah. used the same material. And what changed was the surround materials, you know, suspension, yeah. how easy the woof removed, maybe the size of the magnet. Different types of magnets. Yeah, they weren't even using neodymium Not back yet. then. They had the, what the hell were they? The, I can't even remember. It's Ceramic. That's the old magnets yeah, with Ferris. Um, yeah, FE, yeah. <laughs> cobalt, nickel, There's a cobalt. lot of magnets. Yeah. 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 I don't even know what the hell they were. But yeah, bottom line is it's been too long. But yeah, they really the biggest thing I think that improved is the magnet strength, which improved... Uh, you know, which allowed you to make like beefier voice coils, right? Because you could use less windings because now you got more magnet strength and run more current through it, which means you need more power. Back in the day, I mean, you had amps only had a few watts. Receivers, they had receivers, man. Right, yeah. I mean, they put out a few watts. That was it. You didn't have 100, 200, 300. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Power's no problem. <laughs> this, this high, they were highly efficient speakers. You know, they did what they could to make the woofers as efficient as the... Well, what's for what speakers had tweeters? That was even rare back in the day. Wizard cones. Yeah. yeah, but the tweeters are always more efficient than the woofer, so they're usually dumbing tweeters down to match the the, vo- the volume level of a woofer. But bottom line is, yeah, when you started getting in a, you know, you started getting into uh, more than a few watts of power, and all of a sudden a speaker made. I don't know which came first back then. I don't know if it was, it was low efficiency speakers, probably, or or more powerful amps. It was probably the same as what happened with us with headphones, but I don't know. Maybe someone else could chime in on this. Mm. But I don't know which came first. I wasn't back there back in the day. But, yeah. you know, in the, I mean, I know in the it's 70s, you started getting Japanese amps. receivers in this country to start yeah. getting imported. Because they went to solid state, they probably a lot more powerful. Solid state, yeah, right. The tubes, the tubes yeah. started fo- floating away. Yeah. 
you know. So, but I don't know what came first, or they were about the same time. But yeah, anyway, I'm sure someone will take credit it's for it. It's long gone. It was 50 years ago. Yeah. yeah, but we had the same thing occur in headphones. And you know, talk about repeating history, where we needed power. We had low efficiency drivers in a headphone space that needed power, which is uncommon. 15 years ago, yep. everything was designed to run on 10 milliwatts, right? And now you see all these amplifiers that are available that have multiple watts of power to go in a headphone. Power is easy. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. were saying this for a long time. Yeah, we were trying to get power is very easy, but for some reason people weren't shipping it. Yeah. And I understand most people didn't need it. So I don't think they saw the market at first. You know, well, yeah, well, there was just very few headphones that even needed it, so yeah. it didn't really matter. I remember what was the, uh, the WA five had the the older one had a physical setting for the uh, K one thousand or something. Oh like yeah, he oh, doesn't yeah. do that anymore. But why? Was like, what was the deal with that one? Was it uh, high impedance or something? Something. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, like that's that. true. Like making an amp yeah. that had a specific. Yeah, because I had the older W5, and I believe it had that yeah. uh, selector switch. Yeah. Now it's just low-high gain, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, there's enough low- and high-gain headphones yeah. that makes sense. There's a fair number of headphones that aren't particularly sensitive, and there's quite a few that are. So that's a reasonable enough configuration now. But back in the day, there was just pretty much everything was designed around the gear that was available at the time. And that hardware was very limiting. It would only get so good. So... It was challenging to design a headphone that was leagues beyond what else was available at the time um, without getting better supporting gear around it. But when you think about it, I mean, it's wild, you know, where in the last 70 or 80 years or so, where speaker design is, sonically speaking, the sound quality of it, right? It took 70 or so years to get to where we are today with speakers where it only took about 10, less than 15, 10 yeah. less than yeah. 10 years really for headphones and the systems to evolve to where they are today yeah that is significantly faster but uh, i guess the thing is though we can't we kind of can draw from like speakers and stuff to make headphones we kind of already had like as a goal yeah as a sonic knew, goal but you, you still got to make the sound in your head you know oh, yeah. and you gotta you gotta have the ancillary gear i guess, I guess the electronics exist yeah that's easy enough. Well, easy enough if somebody implements it. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. We have so, the source material. We have the high res this. We've got. That's true. There's a lot the of things that have been put in place. Was there? Agreed. Yeah. So it did help out yeah. a lot. Yeah. It was really more material science shifting over to the headphone space. But again, you know, uh, all of this probably could have happened sooner. Who knows why? It's probably the same reason why the V8 motor disappeared in the '70s and went to four cylinders in the '80s and hasn't really come back until. 29 or 28 2008 you know and so i mean it's just kind of funny when you think about it but how cyclical things are in the world and the planet for people you know it's not even just audio it's just all kinds of things where it's like you think back it's like how come we didn't have v8s for 30 years where how come nobody wanted that why the horsepower is great now all of a sudden jesus christ you, yeah, well. get, you know 700 horsepower for electric cars is like the norm <laughs> you know so it's like where did this all go it's funny how how you could not miss that i guess some for whatever reason as generations go on it seems like things get set by the wayside for whatever reason you think music that wouldn't happen but and playback but it did it kind of did you know, it didn't, it didn't evolve like you would think it would. But, yeah, you're right. We have a foundation now with electronics and source material and ease of getting music where the headphone space just kind of makes, I think, a lot more sense for people. They don't need a room anymore. You could do it anywhere. 
can enjoy it anywhere. So I guess that's the convenience factor. Well, I mean, it kind of the whole industry kind of moves in like the same direction. So it's like everybody had like receivers and two speakers in like the 70s and 80s, and then everybody went to like those home theaters in a box in like the 90s and early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, and now everybody's just like, nope, I don't want any of that. I want a sound bar done. Yeah. You know, right? So. Right. Stick it under the TV. Yeah, just evolution. You need a wire, just Bluetooth, plug it in. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, not even. I don't even want to plug a wire into yeah, it. Right. Yeah, right. Just, just, just hook it up to the wall, plug it in the wall, call mm-hmm. it a day. Most companies are pretty conservative too. They're concerned about taking a risk, doing something that other people aren't doing. So I think once more or less the market proves that some sort of thing isn't super desirable anymore. Um, it takes a while for it to come back. That's true. Right, because people are kind of leery. They, they don't really know, is there going to be a market demand? I guess because, too, that's true. I mean, you think about it, a lot of the companies that are making these electronics over the years are big manufacturers. Sony, yep. Yamaha. These guys have been around a long time. I mean, they got to have some serious manufacturing chops, so well, yeah. to speak, you know. And they're going to they're gonna ebb and flow in the way the market, will, depending on what people want to buy. Yeah, well, I've noticed lately uh, all those big like mainly like 70s Japanese brands all coming out with like new stuff that yeah. high end like that looks, yeah that looks like the old stuff and it's nice looking stuff yeah. you know yeah it's like retro with the yeah. brushed yeah. brush finish gold goldish like aluminum yeah nice looking stuff but yeah the, all the big manufacturers are coming out with that now mm-hmm. so I guess it's working out for them someone yeah. started it yeah, once you see someone do it and it actually works people go oh alright well yeah. give that like, a try yeah it's like we made that stuff before. We it isn't it a logical step, I guess, when you think, because a lot of people now that are in the high-end headphone space will get older and may want to share their music with others, right? like their families, and there's only one way to do it. It's either everyone has a pair of headphones and everyone's sitting there in a quiet room, mm. right? which looks kind of silly from the outside. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> or, you, or you get a pair of speakers and start playing music and you know, let everyone enjoy whatever, what you're listening to and share. You know, So it kind of it makes sense that it will... Will the high end of headphones will actually morph into the high end of speakers? You know, it could. You know, it makes kind of sense. And what better way to do it than a simple one box solution? A receiver with maybe with a built in streaming serve, streaming and everything. And yeah. you know, you got an app for it. You don't need to just put it put it wherever you want to put it. Run run a pair of cables to your speakers and your G two G, and uh, yeah. the whole family can enjoy this too. You know, or if you hook it up to the TV, enjoy it for that for video as well. YouTube is. Is primarily stereo right now, so <laughs> it works with that. So anyway, it, I guess it kind of makes sense. I think that's probably where it's going. Well, and when it gets too late, then you go back to your headphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, at night. Yeah, and and not miss a beat. Right. Not skip a beat. And you know, that's the other thing too. When you think about it, where both of these technologies exist right now in terms of playback level, is I think headphones have actually begun to leapfrog the speaker systems. Yeah, except, you know, big stacks of subs. Well, yeah, (laughs) the tactile side of it is still lacking. And by all means, you could run a sub. you could do that. Yeah, Yeah, you could run a sub with the earphones. I mean, it kind of seems silly, but you could do it as long as you're not bothering anybody. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people run headphones because they can't make noise. Apartments and yep. so on. That's next level looking weird to see one person wearing headphones with a sub on. So you yeah. can't hear the music, you just hear bass. Yeah, no kidding. I've done that for years in my room uh, because I've got dual JL fathoms. And so I could just kill the sub, I could just kill the main channel amps and just run the subs. And, um, you know, it's it's fun. Um, but with like a 1266, it's, it's not always really that necessary. But, you know, but yeah, it's fun because you can feel it. It would be better with movies. Yeah. I think, the yeah. music. 
because the music you just mucking things up a little bit by having boom boom going on. Oh, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta you tune know? it in nice. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you gotta tune the subs for the yeah. headphones. Right, which, which will be different than the speaker. Yeah, the, yeah, you yeah. almost gotta have multiple yeah, settings like for the subs. Presets for your. I subs. think someone probably do that nowadays, don't they? I know there's they apps might. for some of these newer yeah, subs. Yeah, they do have apps, but I don't know if they have apps for multiple settings. Yeah, it's same it's room. not a thing that, <laughs> that would seems like. Yeah, you wouldn't think about it. That's pretty unusual. Yeah, right. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they could probably implement it. There's an idea for you, JL. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to do an app for this, well, else, else they have a headphone setting, too. Yeah, headphone <laughs> setting. <laughs> you got to adjust phase and everything yeah. for it. They'd be way off. I mean, mine are, my JLs are set for the front speakers in the room, and they're, they're not. You can tell the bass isn't in alignment with the headphone. Yeah. It's not bad because you're at a distance, and the headphones are right on your head, so they kind of take over. I mean, they play most of the sound because they're intimate. You know, but yeah, you could tell that obviously the phase is off a bit on the on the room subs. So anyway, just uh, just we're just pondering the past and <laughs> where we're where we are and where we're going. Well, we don't really no, know where we're nobody going. Nobody really knows where you're going. Yeah, well, that's true. But you can you can <laughs> well, the, you can flip a coin. <laughs> yeah, heads. <laughs> Seems like any time you try to guess, you're always wrong. Mm. Well, that's true. There's better guesses than others, but. Yeah, that's it's very true. hard to be right. Won't know until we get there. Yeah, right. That was from a movie, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, thanks for watching our blabber, everybody. Give us a thumbs up and please subscribe to us so you know what's coming. And take care of yourselves. Thank you. <laughs>